Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. And away we go. Hour number three of our radio program. That's right. It is the Zach Gelb Show, coast to coast on CBS Sports Radio. Brandon Staley, yeah. Tom Telesco, you gone. Both uh, fired earlier today as the Chargers got spanked. Beat down, dominated, destroyed by the Las Vegas Raiders. 63 to 21. <laughs> like, what the heck are we doing with a 63 to 21 score? I bet you Al Michaels was even excited about that game last night. There was more touchdowns than he could have ever imagined in that contest. So Staley gone, Telesco gone, both out as the general manager and the head coach of the Los Angeles Chargers. And this is what happens when you wait around and you hope things are going to change and you down deep know that really the only reason Brandon Staley was brought back last season uh, for this season was because he still had, at the time, two years left on his contract. And they set a bar of just making the playoffs. The Chargers last year should have easily made the playoffs. They ended up being a wild card team. And then from that, you know, you have a, a scenario that presents itself where you look at the game up against the Jaguars in the postseason. They're up 27, uh, 27 points. And when you're up 27 points and you don't win a playoff game, I don't think you recover from that. Like Dan Quinn, by the way, like who should be a coach again in the NFL? Dan Quinn was never going to recover in Atlanta when they blew that 28-3 lead in the Super Bowl. Like you could go back to the playoffs. You could still have somewhat of success, but you're never going to get back to that spot. You're never going to get back to that spot of where you were for Dan Quinn. And that was to get to another Super Bowl and write that wrong. Because when you blow a lead like that, a lot of times people point the finger in a different direction. Like look at the Legion of Boom. They went to back-to-back Super Bowls. Pete Carroll had the ball at the one-yard line. And Darryl Bevel and company, they elected to throw it. And Malcolm Butler picked it off. That was the demise of the Seahawks right there. Where you knew they were never getting back to a Super Bowl after that. So whether it was Dan Quinn and the Falcons blowing 28-3 lead, you knew they weren't getting back to another Super Bowl. You knew the Seahawks weren't getting back to another Super Bowl after the Malcolm Butler situation happened. So then you take it a few notches uh, lower than that with uh, Brandon Staley. We probably all should have realized that this was going to be a disaster this year with the Chargers, but they had talent. They have a great young quarterback. They got studs in the offensive and defensive side of the ball, so we all looked at them and we were like, wow, that's a good-looking car. 
right? The Chargers on the outside are a great-looking car. They're a Ferrari. They're a Porsche. They're a Hummer, like whatever you want. And then you go on the inside of the car, and it's like, uh uh-oh. The seats are, are all messed up. There's no steering wheel. The blinker doesn't work. And, uh, oh, yeah, by the way, there's no fluid for the windshield wipers. It's like, how effective of a car is that actually going to be? And there was a lack of belief in that Chargers organization this year. And it didn't only fail, but it bottomed out. And you look at the two examples I gave about Dan Quinn and Pete Carroll, right? Those guys never got back to a Super Bowl with that group. Look at the Chargers now. Brandon Staley's out. And they didn't get back to the playoffs this year. So, moving on into the future, there are still things to work with. Like, this car is not totaled. You have some nice pieces. You just need to get some alterations. And you need to send it to a mechanic. And you need the car to get some serious fixing. So, not even a day removed from Brandon Staley getting let go. Let's do a little draft here. We'll do three names each. I'll make three picks, Samter will make three picks, and Stu will make three picks. And we will just do a little early pool on who is going to be the next head coach of the Los Angeles Chargers. I will start. I will go with Bill Belichick right out of the gate. I will take the hoodie, Bill Belichick. Um, All righty. Sorry, Stu. Yeah, your team got the victory, so we're going to put you third here. I'll let Samter go uh, second here. I don't think it's likely, but I think it's the next best option, Jim Harbaugh. Okay. Jim Harbaugh. And the Harbaugh one is interesting because he's deserving of another head coaching opportunity in the NFL if he wants one. It feels like he wants one. Now, for all this year, we've been hearing about a contract extension with Michigan, and it feels as if every other week it's, oh, they're they're nearing towards a contract extension. And that deal is still not got done. Even two weeks ago, it was, they're nearing towards a contract extension. The only issue with the contract is, Will they put a clause in there that precludes him from taking an NFL head coaching job in just this hiring cycle? So until I see and hear that Jim Harbaugh has actually signed that contract and has a new deal done with Michigan, I'm not going to believe that that deal is as close as what people are saying. All righty, Stu, what do you got here? All right. I don't know if this is a likely one either, but I'll throw this one out there. Maybe it's time for a change in Pittsburgh. Maybe they part ways with Mike Tomlin. Mike Tomlin as the new coach of the Chargers. A little trade action, just like Belichick. Just like Belichick would be, yes. That would would actually be fascinating. That would be. Now, I don't think the Steelers are going to go from Noel to Coward to Tomlin. They don't make a lot of moves. I don't think the Steelers are going to trade Mike Tomlin, but there is some merit to it. As good of a coach as Mike Tomlin is, haven't made the playoffs since 2016, or they've made the playoffs, they haven't won a playoff game since 2016. That's a long time, especially in Pittsburgh, where you know what the standard is. Standard's not just to win a playoff game. It's win multiple playoff games and have that shiny Lombardi trophy. And every, you know, you're right. Not up until that loss to the Patriots, everyone throws out, oh, uh, Belichick getting traded, Belichick getting traded. This last week, you've heard some rumors Maybe Josh Harris calls uh, the 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 um, of the Steelers. Maybe David Tepper calls the Steelers, and he used to be a minority owner of the Steelers. Maybe the Chargers go into that mix as well. All righty, the next name. Well, I, I go again. Yeah, right? we get it's a wrap. Oh, I mean, is that on. how this works? Snake I mean, draft, if you get right? the first pick, you don't get the fourth pick. Also, 
All right. I mean, then Stu gets screwed. He gets the third pick <laughs> and the sixth pick. I mean, that's ridiculous. You know, I, I did say yesterday that this is uh, checks and balances, so so I can't be a fraud here and then say today it's a dictatorship. Like, I could <laughs> if I wanted to, but I won't be a jerk. It's a Friday. It's, you know, I mean, you're good certainly feelings welcome on to, Fridays. If, no, no, no. I'm and not. then we'll look at your draft and we'll say that there's an asterisk nester <laughs> next to it. Yeah. Tainted. Nah, you know what? Let, let's go fair results. Uh, okay, Stu. Go ahead. All right, I'll go with Ben Johnson, uh, probably the hottest coordinator name. Uh, it definitely feels like he is going to get a head coaching job. It's just a matter of what. And if Harbaugh doesn't come through, Belichick doesn't come through, he's probably a, a likely uh, scenario for him to be the Chargers coach. Samter, go ahead. Next pick. So I've been I've been kind of seesawing back here. Now, the, the next two best odds after mm-hmm. Bill Belichick are Frank Smith, the OC of the Dolphins, and Kellen Moore. Let me just give a disclaimer. Go ahead. If it is Kellen Moore, okay. <laughs> you will see my head explode okay. on CBS Sports Radio. I will be dead, and they will need to find a new host. All righty? I'm not I will no lie. longer be hosting on CBS Sports Radio because if they hire Kellen Moore, who's maybe like one of the more overrated names that I've ever heard of, and the, all, this, all, all I was told about when he was with the Cowboys, oh, He's going to be a head coach. He's going to be a head coach. And McCarthy's like, all right, we got to split. He doesn't get a head coaching job, and he's the offensive coordinator of this mess. Yeah, uh, that guy should be a head coach. That would be the Chargers being cheap and stupid. And you know what? The Chargers are cheap and stupid. So maybe it has a chance. But you're right. The fact that he's tied for the second highest odds right now, and it's Belichick 3-1, to one, and then it's Frank Smith and Kellen Moore at 4-1, to one, is an absolute disgrace. <laughs> In October, I said, get rid of dumb and dumber. That was Brandon Staley and Kellen freaking Moore. You then get rid of Staley and hire Kellen Moore as your head coach, I'll lose it. Like, I would, I'm not going to say I would quit because I'm very young and I need the money and I have a good career, but I would want to quit is the way that I would say. Yeah, there's no chance. He's not even being named the interim coach. Like, if they were serious about hiring him, they would make him the interim coach. Uh, well, I wonder the- if he didn't want it. Like, uh, when usually it's like a, huh, is the interim head coach, then maybe he say, yeah, thanks, but Yeah, no but thanks. this is his chance to audition and show what he could do with his team because at the end of the day, you can't get worse than what they just did. So That's any improvement true. makes him look like, oh, maybe he's the guy, kind of like Antonio Pierce. Maybe he's not going to get a look for a certain couple teams, but because he's actually making the Raiders look pretty good compared to McDaniels, now his name is like shot to the top of the list. So it's a, it's an opportunity that he's going to lose out. And now, I wasn't going to pick quickly, Kellen Moore. Before, before you give me the names, their yep. final three games are Buffalo, Denver, and Kansas City. Loss, loss, loss. Yeah, that that's not easy to try to make a good name for yourself as an, as an interim head coach. But go ahead. So I wasn't going to choose either of them. I thought about maybe going with Kellen Moore just to see your head explode and then yes. take over the Stu and Samter show over here. I, I would have died. But I'm going to go with a guy who's coming in at 10 to 1 odds, Mr. Eric Bieniemy, who mm. deserves a head coaching position. Finally, Eric Bieniemy is my pick in the second round. All righty. The next name that I'm going to go to, I mentioned him, and it's ironic that I used him as an example of someone that choked. And then eventually you knew that it was over with and done with in Atlanta. But Dan Quinn is an awesome defensive-minded coach. And if you get the right offensive coordinator, right, and we've seen Dan Quinn be able to do that, where he's a defensive-minded coach, and then with the people that he hired on the offense side of the ball, you got Matt Ryan playing at MVP level, there is a system where delegation could actually work there. 
Dan Quinn's going to be an active, he should be an active name this offseason. I'm going to say Dan Quinn would be the next uh, pick by yours truly. Now I get another choice here, another go around. So Bill Belichick and Dan Quinn off the board from yours truly. Samter goes with Jim Harbaugh and Eric Bieniemy, And Stu goes with Mike Tomlin and Ben Johnson. Hmm. You know what? I'm going to go back to the well of defensive coordinators here. Sweet Lou. Not even listed on the odds. This guy continues to get disrespected. Lou Anarumo, the defensive coordinator of the Cincinnati Bengals. Samter? That's a name you've been throwing out for weeks and weeks and weeks mm-hmm. for every coaching position that he deserves a job, so it yeah. makes sense. I, I, have, I have a playbook. Bad. If you haven't realized, in my Mike McCarthy uh, <laughs> diner menu binder, I have a playbook. Where is Belichick going? Where is Jim Harbaugh going? And who am I going to throw Lou Anarumo on? There you go. And awesome. no, n- none of those three guys uh, pay me for my services. And eventually you'll get one of them, right? You know, <laughs> a broken clock works twice a day. Yeah, I- I'm really hoping, like, if I had to make two, to, to make me look like really good, and I know we're not judging this business based off right predictions because if we were, no one would have a job. But if somehow Jim Harbaugh winds up with the Bills and then Bill Belichick winds up with the Chargers, I will take a victory lap on that because I had Harbaugh after week one to the Bills and then Belichick, what, in the middle of October going to the Chargers. So who's your next pick here? I'm going way off the board. No one is talking about this name, but... Every now and again, it's nice to bring in a franchise legend to become your coach. There's a guy who's coaching the St. Michael Catholic High School in Alabama. Oh! Former quarterback, legend, <laughs> Mr. Philip Rivers. Forget about coming out of retirement to QB some team in the stretch run. Philip yeah. Rivers is the next head coach of the Los Angeles And he'd be the first head coach to have like 25 kids at the introductory press conference, too. If Jeff Saturday can coach the Colts, then Phillip Rivers can coach the Chargers. All righty. Stu, final pick. All right, let's go back to the college game. There's always a random college coach that we don't expect to make the jump. Are you going Ryan Day here? I'm not going Ryan Day. Oh, okay. It's not Nick Saban. It's not Kirby Smart. I'm going to go sticking in L.A. He's losing Caleb Williams to the <laughs> NFL. Lincoln Riley uh, as the next head coach of the Chargers. Ugh, Lincoln Riley, a guy that can't win. Can't win the big game. At least he gets to the big game. It honestly makes sense, though, right? He, it's kind of like what Pete Carroll did when he knew he had, you know, his team was was leaving. But he just and he got had the, to he had the uh, allegations coming down. He's like, you know what? Let me jump ship. Lincoln Riley, like, yeah, there's guys coming in. He can stay in L.A. He's got that history there. He knows the area. Justin Herbert's a Pac-12 guy, so but he knows he Justin really Herbert. But does he really have the history? Like, he's been there for two years. Just saying. I, I actually, of all the picks... That one makes the most sense to me. Like, th- not the most sense, but that one makes a lot of sense to me. I don't, I, that's a tough sell. If you're the Chargers, I'll is it you, harder to, is it easier to sell Lincoln Riley or Ben Johnson? I, oh, Ben Johnson, easily. Ben Johnson's right now is the, the hottest name to your fan in base, the market. To your fan base, who what, some all, all hardcore football fans, but what I'm saying is hardcore football fans know Ben Johnson. But like, if you're not a hardcore football fan, you don't know the offensive coordinator for the Detroit Lions. Yeah, but that doesn't that doesn't mean that it would be the better hire. I I understand. I'm just saying from a sales standpoint, mm-hmm. Lincoln Riley is a big splash name with a quarterback who played in the same conference that he now coaches in. I don't know. I think it's an interesting thing. He's an LA guy or lives. He's in LA now. I think it's interesting. Yeah, I, I interesting. Sure. Now I've been on the train for a while that Lincoln R- Riley is a tad overrated. Um. Ted? Even, yeah, even at Oklahoma, 
when he was at Oklahoma, he'd always get to the big game with all these Heisman Trophy winners and then would not ever win the big game. So it's one thing, right, to at least get to the big game. But then at USC this year, it's all right. So Williams gets hurt last year in the Pac-12 championship. They lose to Utah again. But this year, it's not like USC just missed out or USC got to the Pac-12 championship game and then threw up on themselves. They had five losses this year. They, they bottomed out quickly. That would be a tough sell. It would be, especially with how few coaches go from college to the pros and end up having success. That would not be a gamble that I would uh, want to take there. All right, he's at Gelb Show, CBS Sports Radio. So here was the draft. Uh, I go Bill Belichick, Dan Quinn, Luana Rumo. Uh, Samter goes Jim Harbaugh, Eric Bieniemy, and then Phillip Rivers. I like that one, Phillip Rivers. And then uh, Sweet Stew takes Mike Tomlin, Ben Johnson, and then Lincoln Riley. We'll take a break. I want to ask uh, Ryan Horvat when he comes on back where his confidence is in the betting world with the Detroit Lions this weekend. Uh, Denver is going to Detroit, 8-15 tomorrow. You got three Saturday games tomorrow. Minnesota at Cincinnati, Pittsburgh at Indianapolis, which is somehow, someway a good game now. And then Denver at Detroit. All three of those games, they got playoff implications on the line. And how about those quarterback matchups, baby? Nick Mullins against Jake Browning. Trubusky going up against uh, um, Gardner Minshew. And then you have the Denver Broncos going up against the Detroit Lions. Russell Wilson and Jared Goff. All righty. Here we go. Ryan Horvat will join us next. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This portion of the show is brought to you by NHTSA. Whether you get pulled over or get into a crash, drinking and driving will change your whole world. Drive sober, get pulled over, paid for by NHTSA. Let's go out to the guest line right now. Welcome in from BetMGM tonight via BetQL. Our betting insider in Ryan Horvat as we'll make some picks for week 15 of the NFL season. Ryan, appreciate the time as always. How you been? I've been good, Zach. Coming off a really good week, so hopefully I could uh, stay hot here. I'm a big fan of the uh, Saturday slate, man, to be honest with you. You know, I'll, I'll take the... 
I'll take the Thursday night blowout if we could get Saturday football every single week. A little Saturday Sunday uh, matchup. Well, let me Mix just up. ask you this: Are the Bronco is the Broncos Lions game a part of of your picks? Just wondering. Oh, it is. It is. It's okay. actually my number one pick of the weekend, maybe of the season, to be honest. I've been waiting. I've had this spot circled here for a couple weeks now. So, so then hold off because I wanted to ask you about that. So let's cue up the music okay. uh, right now as we get to NFL picks. We'll start things off with Ryan Horvat for our Week 15 picks. What do you got cooking uh, with that Broncos-Lions game that you love? All right, so Broncos-Lions, I actually love the Lions in this spot. Now, the numbers kind of bounced around a little bit from four to four and a half. I'm fine with that. I just think this is a really good spot for the Lions. Now, I've actually faded the Lions the last couple weeks, the last three weeks, because it's Jared Goff on the road in some elements, but now he goes back home. He's going to be back in the Dome, and the Lions, you know, Denver, it's been a bounce back, right? They're seven and six since they got just steamrolled by the Dolphins, let them hang 70 points. They've been a much better team on both sides of the ball, but I just think this is a bad matchup because they're not great against the run. I think Jameer Gibbs is going to have a big day. I really like him over 12.5 yards on his longest rush. I think Goff bounces back. I think the defense is going to play a little bit better for Detroit, and they pick up uh, victory number 10 of the season. So the Lions are my favorite pick this week at minus four. Yeah, and the Lions really need this one because I think a lot of people are going to look at this game and they're going to say, oh, four and a half points, that's a lot of points. Uh, maybe I'll just plus it and it's a field goal game, which it could be between these two uh, teams and going inside a dome uh, with what these offenses are capable of. And you see the last three weeks, they've been two and three. Uh, they've been uh, one and two. And I, I kind of do agree with you. The Lions, even though they don't need this game because the game is more important to the Broncos in chasing uh, to stay uh, up, up pace and get one of these wild card spots in the AFC, it's like, yeah, the Lions do need this game to get back into the good graces of people because if they go to 9-5, and five, it's like, uh-oh, this team is really trended in the wrong direction uh, with Minnesota twice in the final three games and then also sandwiched in between the Dallas Cowboys. Alrighty, my uh, first pick. This is going to be chalky, but I'm okay with it. I think I'm going to have to sweat this one out, but that's okay as long as you win. I believe this will be a sloppy, low-scoring game that's close. And I don't trust their quarterback. I don't trust their head coach. But ultimately, the talent on the offensive side of the ball will win out. Drake London's playing really well. Bijan Robinson is starting to get into form as we expected to and given the opportunity. I like the Falcons on the road uh, laying three points up against the Carolina Panthers. Yeah, I'm with you, man. I like that one a lot. It kind of seems like a trap. You know, and I know Atlanta's been, for me, they've been a little bit of a letdown. I bet their win total over eight and a half. But, I mean, that just seems like a trap. Carolina, kind of a mess this season. Uh, I'm going to go with the dog here. This is a tough one for me to pick because, man, the Browns have made me some money the last couple weeks. I love what I've seen from Joe Flacco and Kevin Stefanski, to be quite honest with you. I think they should extend Stefanski. He's been great this season. But, man, the Bears are hot right now, and – like, don't look now, but they have a top-10 run defense. Eberflus has kind of turned that thing around on the defensive side of the ball. The secondary is playing a little bit better since they've gotten healthy. And Justin Fields is playing for his career. I say career because I don't think he's playing for his job because if you're Chicago, if you're Ryan Poles and Caleb Williams is there at number one, which obviously he's going to be, I think you have to take him, right? Because Ryan Pace passed on, uh, you know, Deshaun Watson and Patrick Mahomes for Mitchell Trubisky. Now he no longer has a job. You know, Ryan Poles doesn't really have that attachment to Justin Fields, so I think we're going to get some good ball from him the next couple weeks. 
Uh, DJ Moore has an ankle injury, but he's going to play. That concerns me a little bit. But I still like the Bears. I like them a little bit better at three and a half, but I still like them as field goal dogs on the road against the Browns plus three. So give me Chicago. Yeah, I had the Bears as well. They're going to be my second pick. So we're going to I'm going to piggyback you on this one. I, I love the Bears this week plus three. I think they're going to actually win the game outright. You know, everyone's loving this Browns team. And whenever you start to love a team in the NFL this year, they usually stumble the following week. It was a heck of a win for Joe Flacco and company. But with the way that Fields is playing as of late, I think that uh, late season momentum is going to continue. And then it's going to be a fascinating scenario uh, if, let's assume, Ryan Poles is still the general manager, like you were alluding yeah. to, what is he actually going to do when you're probably going to have the number one overall pick via Carolina, another pick uh, in the top 10, top five, depending on how many more games you win the rest of the season, and it's do you keep Justin Fields and maybe go draft Marvin Harrison Jr. and have Fields, Marvin Harrison Jr., and then also DJ Moore, and then another first-round pick, or... Do you maybe keep fields, trade that number one pick and get like three more first round picks? Or like you said, take Caleb Williams uh, and then uh, trade Justin Fields and get some stuff back. Uh, But I like the Bears uh, plus three as well. What's your uh, final pick here? All right. So I don't know if we're going to be on the same side here. I think it's obviously the game of the weekend. And, man, I would love to see this as a Super Bowl matchup, but obviously Buffalo would have to get hot here. Buffalo is just a different team at home, right? And the Cowboys are a different team, a much better team at home. The Cowboys, man, I mean, the offense, really since that Arizona game, the San Francisco game has been on absolute fire, but now they step up in class a little bit against the Bills. The Bills are at home, and Dallas this season, 3-3 three and three on the road. You know, their, their losses all have come on the road this season, and Buffalo's desperate. They're 7-6. and six. I really like what I saw in the first quarter against the Chiefs, right? Like the offense, they scored on their first two drives. Then it kind of like hit a lull, but they're averaging 32 points per game since Ken Dorsey's been fired. I like the Bills in this spot. I think they're going to go on a little bit of a run here. So give me Buffalo uh, on the money line or minus two, anything under a field goal against Dallas. That was my number one point uh, earlier in the week. I said, you want to look at a future in how this AFC has not really been top heavy this year. Like the, the Ravens are the one great team in the AFC and people even still question them. And then you look at Kansas City, they're struggling too. This could be the year, and you know this as a Packers fan in the NFC, when the Packers won the Super Bowl, they were a sixth seed and got hot at the right time. Maybe a team that's been down in the dumps elevates themselves uh, in December and they get hot. I I took a future earlier this week on the Bills at plus 1,000 to get to the Super Bowl out of the AFC. So I love that pick of the uh, Bills laying two and a half and all the reasons you just said. Cowboys are that sexy team. Cowboys right now are the pick. They're three and three on the road this year, and the Bills are five and two at home. You get Dak out of the dome. Not that he's not capable of winning a game, but uh, with a a roof, I should say. Um, And now you go to a little uh, chilly weather in Buffalo. I I like the Bills to just uh, outlast the Cowboys this week, led by their quarterback in Josh Allen. My final pick. I'm going with the Eagles. I'm taking the Eagles laying three points. The criticism is deserved. The last two weeks when you get blown out by the 49ers and then you follow it up and just get absolutely dominated and demolished by the Dallas Cowboys. But I think you have a similar game to what we saw a few weeks ago between the Seahawks and the Cowboys where it's close, it's high scoring, but ultimately the better offense does win out. I like the Eagles on the road going to Seattle, the 12th man, in a high-scoring affair where Jalen Hurts uh, is going to outduel, assuming he plays uh, Geno Smith. But I like the Eagles this week laying three points. They'll find a way to get back 
into the win column. So I have the Falcons laying three, the Bears plus three, and the Eagles laying three points. And uh, Ryan Horvat has the Lions laying four, four and a half, the Bears plus three, and then the Bills minus two and a half points. Ryan Horvat, host of BetMGM tonight via BetQL. We appreciate it. Oh, real quickly, Horvat, as I have you here, yeah. uh, as it's only December 15th right now, and we inch closer and closer to the first day of January with the college football playoff right now. And you could change this when we ask you about it in a few weeks. Michigan is a point favorite against Alabama and Texas is a four point favorite against Washington. What would be your two picks right now for the college football playoff semifinals? All right, really quick, some early Christmas presents, because you also brought something up that I have to hit on. So I like Michigan against Bama, but I do have the Bama 14-1 to future that we talked about before yeah. the LSU game, so that's kind of like a hedge. And I actually like Washington, man. I'm done Same. fading Washington. Michael Penix is the real deal. They have three NFL wide receivers, and they proved against Oregon. They're a little bit tougher in the trenches than we thought. And then you brought up the Bills' future. I also played the same thing. I'm going to do the same thing with Dallas and the NFC. They're 4-1. to one. They've played San Francisco tough both years in the playoffs. I know they got blown out earlier in the regular season, but I'm kind of out on Philly. I'm a little bit higher on Dallas. And if we get that matchup in the NFC championship game or in the playoffs and it all works out, you have the perfect hedging opportunity because San Francisco will only be like minus 165 on the money line. You'll never get a 4-1 to one price on Dallas ever again. If they get hot... Who knows, man? Maybe they get the two seed. Maybe they end up with the one. San Francisco seems like the perfect team, but if anybody's going to beat them, I think it's Dallas. But college football playoff, uh, I'm going to go with uh, Washington, and I'm going to go with Michigan. I think that's our national championship. And and anything you like right now for uh, tomorrow with bowl season starting? You know, tomorrow is a little bit tricky just because some of the numbers are gone. I'm going to fade Boise State. I actually like UCLA. I like UCLA a little bit now. There's no distraction. Dante Moore is going to transfer. He was the five-star true freshman. They were kind of forced to play him. There were some rumors that he was threatening maybe to transfer. Now he's gone anyway. And Boise State, they don't have their quarterback in this game. they got a new coaching staff. Guys are sitting out in this game. And I just think UCLA is the better team. They were one of the better scoring defenses in the Pac-12. So love UCLA tomorrow. Ryan Horvat, appreciate the time as always. Thank you. Thanks, Zach. There you go, Ryan Horvat, the host of BetMGM tonight via BetQL. We'll take a break. We'll wrap up the show and the week with a few questions, few answers. We call that segment Onside Offside, and we get to it every Monday and Friday on CBS Sports Radio. Before I get to the latest CBS Sports Radio update, I haven't asked this guy his thoughts yet on maybe the greatest sensation in the NFL right now, and he is a proud Italian man uh, in the great Marco Belletti as well. What are your thoughts on uh, Tommy DeVito here with the Giants? Uh, it's a hell of a story. It's been a lot of fun. Uh, take the ride for as long as you can take the ride. So you think that this has a expiration date, rather uh, a quick expiration date? Uh, we'll find out what the expiration date is. But yes, at some point this will end mm-hmm. uh, because I don't I, I want to believe. But the only thing I can be sold on between now and the end of the season would be as if Tommy DeVito can be a legitimate NFL backup quarterback. Because I think the jury's out on that. Mm-hmm. The fact that we're talking be a legitimate franchise quarterback, I think is silliness. Honestly. Yeah, I, like I like when I asked that to Phil Sims yesterday, Phil was on with us, and I'm like, do you think there's a chance that you could have Tommy DeVito usurp Daniel Jones? Like, I have to ask that question to Phil Sims, but that, like, I don't even believe in Daniel Jones to begin with, but I don't think Tommy DeVito is starting week one for the Giants next year unless Daniel Jones is hurt. Or not uh, back from the ACL. That's yeah. a possibility. That's a possibility. Maybe they, maybe they draft someone with their first round pick. We'll also have to wait and see how that shakes out. But I would be very surprised if Tommy DeVito starting for the Giants week one next year. But 
I do think with what he's done the last three weeks and how bad the backup quarterback position we think at times is, even though this year you get a, a bunch of different stories and, mm-hmm. and people back it up with how many injuries, I do believe Tommy DeVito is has played himself these last three weeks in, in, in finding and carving out a nice career for him as a backup quarterback. I would say possibly. Because I, I look back, I mean, watching all the games, I mean, people seem to gloss over the fact of his first start. I guess his first start. But the yeah. game in Dallas was ugly. The game Very. that he came in in relief against the Raiders was ugly. The game against the Patriots, he made one hell of a throw down the sideline to Jalen Hyatt. Other than that, the offense did absolutely nothing. Um, the game against Washington, I mean, they blitzed the hell out of him, mm-hmm. and he made them pay with a couple plays. He played well against the Packers. It yeah. was the first time I was like, you know what? He looks like a legitimate NFL quarterback in this game. That's impressive. You need to see him build off that. He turns around and gets the Saints and goes 9 of 34 for 86 yards and three picks. All of a sudden, you're not thinking that he's the backup quarterback for anybody. So, like I said, I think everybody's just got to pump the brakes. Enjoy the story. Enjoy the moment for what it is because he's an undrafted free agent coming from nowhere, and no one thought he got a chance to do anything. I mean, even get yeah. a get on the practice squad. Mm-hmm. So what he's done and the and the movement that he's made from the offseason is incredible. But pump the brakes on everything else. Also, you know why we need the story to end? It's because I have a, a, a big problem right now. You know, I'm eating healthier. And when I mm-hmm. see his father and mm-hmm. his mother mm-hmm. and his cousin serving out 300 chicken cutlets, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. sausage and peppers, mm-hmm. uh, baked ziti, mm-hmm. rigatoni alla vodka, and I see all of that right in front of me on social media... Each and every night, I'm like, oh, I could go for some cutlets. Oh, I could go for some some ziti. I could go for some pasta. It's you know, tough. cutlets, if you bake them the right way, are actually not that bad for you. So, you know, depends on how you yes. do it. I, I mean, they're still fattening. Eh, don't fry them. Yeah. <laughs> I'm serious. You're not wrong. Put them in the oven. Bake yeah. them. Yeah, I make them like two, three times a week. They're not as bad for you I, when you, you bake them. You didn't bring any in? Well, I don't make them for you. I make it for my children and for me. Uh, I've known you long enough, Marco. I'm I can't get some bloody ma- cutlets. Yeah, come on now. I, I, one, I'm not a chef. I know how to make about four things. <laughs> one of them's cutlets, which is why I wake them like three times a week. Mac my and kids cheese. eat them. Uh, no, 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 no. And, and heating up chicken nuggets. Oh, uh, well. No, not really. No, 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 not my thing. But cutlets, yeah, like three times a week. All right. This is Zach Gelb Show on CBS Sports Radio. Onside, offside. Next update time for our series. El Capitan, Marco Belletti. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend, or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. 
Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. All right, it's time to answer Ask the Pros question of the day, and it's brought to you by O'Reilly Auto Parts. Michael in Baltimore says, Zach, which team in the NFL needs a win the most this weekend? You could submit a question by tweeting at CBS Sports Radio or at Zach Gelb using the hashtag Ask the Pros. Think O'Reilly Auto Parts for all your car care needs. Get guaranteed low prices and excellent customer service. From the professional parts people at O'Reilly Auto Parts, O'Reilly Auto Parts. I think my answer will surprise some people. But things could change so quickly in the NFL. And I know their quarterback is listed as doubtful for this weekend with a concussion. And probably Davis Mills will be starting in place of C.J. Stroud. But I actually think it's the Texans, where even though how close these teams are all piled up in the AFC... You lose C.J. Stroud, and then you don't get a victory this weekend, right? It's not the end of the world, and you're going up against Tennessee. But then you're 7-7. Seven and seven. You got three games to go. You got a quarterback coming back maybe then after a concussion, and you have a young team, and, right, you don't have Tank Dell anymore, and then you lost two. It would be a, a big question on what that team is going to be able to do and how they'll be able to perform down the stretch, even though they already have exceeded expectations. So I think you need a win to make you breathe a little bit, take some of the pressure off, even though you still got to go win some more games down the stretch. But you get to eight wins, you get one step closer to making the postseason. And their final three games of the season, they don't have an easy opponent uh, because you'll then see Cleveland, Tennessee again, and then you do have Indianapolis. So my answer to that would be the Texans this weekend. All righty, let's get to a little onside offside. Stu, hit it! Zach's taking on the most polarizing issues in sports. Which side of the line of scrimmage will he end up on? Offside. Defense number 69. It's Onsides, Offsides with Zach Gelb on CBS Sports Radio. All righty, Big Mike, CBS, what do we got cooking? All right, so the Jaguars have lost two straight in three of the last five and host the AFC's best team in the Ravens. On Sunday Night Football, over that five-game stretch, Trevor Lawrence has thrown six picks. Onside, offside, despite their record, 2023 has been a disappointing season for the Jaguars. I'm actually going to say onside, and there's different levels of disappointment. Like, just because I say disappointing, and this is a disappointing season, it doesn't mean like it's a disaster, it doesn't mean that it's a failure, but it is mildly disappointing because I really did believe that the Jaguars are ready to take that next step. And they could still accomplish everything right in front of them. But now they lost back-to-back weeks. I know Trevor Lawrence got hurt, and then last week he clearly wasn't 100% playing with the high ankle sprain. But in that game up against Kansas City, you know, in, in Jacksonville, they only scored nine points. Then against San Francisco, they only scored three points. This was a team last year that got to the divisional round and lost to Kansas City. And you thought, okay, maybe they get to a conference title game this year. You know, maybe they can get hot with Doug Peterson and Trevor Lawrence and be a Super Bowl contending team. I just don't trust this team this year in a big game. And that's why so far with those two big games against Kansas City 
and then also up against San Francisco, the offense was so bad where I go, hmm, it is mildly disappointing because I thought they were ready to take that next step. And so far, I don't think they're going to get past that divisional round. So I would say on sides on that one. It's a good question. Now, mediocrity is the word in the NFL this year. There are six teams that are 6-7 and seven in the NFC, the most since the merger in 1970, and 7-6 six, six teams in the AFC, also the most since the merger in 70. So onside, offside, parity like this in the NFL is actually a bad thing. It is sloppy football this year, but I think that is more so of a product of two things. Number one, the injuries, which you can't do anything about that. But also the lack of competitiveness and intensity in training camp where it's now pretty much like a game of patty cake in the off-season training program, and there's like no more two-a-days, things like that. And we usually say, oh, in just September, that's an extension of the preseason, but this is carried over for a while now, and there's a ton of sloppy football. But the reason why I'll go offside here when you say parity like this in the NFL is a bad thing, because I don't think this will continue in terms of this many quarterbacks getting hurt, and then it's like, oh, we got a lot of backup quarterbacks playing and teams are being solid. But right now, as we head into week 15, and we're one game into week 15, we truly don't know who's going to go to the Super Bowl. And I think as a fan that doesn't have a dog in the fight, that makes it fun as a viewer that tunes in each and every week. So you say parity like this in the NFL is a bad thing, I would go offside. Offside! Now, speaking of seven and six teams, five of them play tomorrow on a Saturday, which is great. Bengals host the Vikings, both mm-hmm. seven and six. Steelers travel to Indy to face the Colts, both seven and six. And then, of course, the seven and six Broncos take on the Lions. So onside, offside, of those five, seven and six teams playing tomorrow, the Bengals are the most dangerous this year. So the Bengals, the Vikings, the Steelers, the Colts, and the Broncos are the five. Who? Yeah, I'm actually going to say onsides to this. And the Vikings, I don't trust their offense. Steelers, I don't trust their offense. Indianapolis, they've been a good story with Gardner Minshew and Shane Steichen. I think the debate is really the Bengals or the Broncos. I trust the skill position players more with the Bengals. Uh, Both teams have good defenses. Yes, quarterback-wise, no doubt about it. The Broncos do have the advantage. Coaching-wise, the Broncos do have the advantage. But... I just think the Bengals are playing with no pressure right now. With once Joe Burrow goes down, everyone's like, up, their season's over. And that's not a wrong thought to have. But there's a lot of experience of guys that have gone on deep playoff runs the last two years. And Jake Browning is doing a heck of a job. So I'll actually go with the Bengals being the most dangerous out of those five teams that we just mentioned on sides. There are four teams with four or fewer wins this year, but 12 others with either five or six wins. We know Caleb Williams, Drake May, Marvin Harrison, and a few other quarterbacks will be highly sought after in this year's draft. So onside, offside, we will see multiple teams try to tank the rest of the year to land high picks. So I just need clarity on this question. In terms of tanking, like where do I start with multiple teams? Like where's their record right now? What I'm asking. The teams that are in the running for those top five, ten picks. So I guess any team that has... No, I, definitely those first four teams, right? I mean, we're going to see the Pats, the, the Panthers, uh, the Commanders. Uh, they have four wins, really, and the Bears. Cardinals, do you throw in there? I'm talking about the, yeah, the Cardinals. I'm talking about like the teams with five wins. Oh, okay. Uh, maybe even some of the teams with six wins that have no hope. But definitely the teams with five gotcha. wins are in there. Because I was going to say, if you're like, outside the Panthers, because they don't have their, their number one overall pick, but if you're a team like the Patriots, you know, you should be tanking. I don't think the Cardinals will be because they have Kyler Murray back. Like, the Commanders should be tanking. 
Um, but if it's about five, six wins or, or, you know, in that capacity, I'm going to say offside because in somehow, some way, usually this time of the year, five, six wins, you don't have any shot of the playoffs. But going into week 15, you still have a shot to make the postseason with all the injuries that have occurred and all the sloppy football that we've seen. So we will see multiple teams try to tank the rest of the year to land high picks with the way that you laid it out. I'll go offside. Offside. Now, while the focus is on Brandon Staley being fired by the Chargers, longtime GM Tom Telesco is out as well. Telesco is responsible for drafting guys like Justin Herbert, Derwin James, Mike Williams, Joey Bosa, and Keenan Allen. While bringing in undrafted rookie uh, Austin Eckler, who's become a star, and obviously the trade for Khalil Mack, who leads the NFL in sacks. So onside, offside, Telesco is not to blame for the Chargers' struggles. So that's easy to say, no, he, he isn't, because he gave them enough talent. But he's also responsible for hiring the head coach in Brandon Staley. Now, maybe he didn't get to pick the guy that he actually wanted because of some of the financial restrictions by the Spanos family. But still, he did pick Brandon Staley to be the head coach. So when you say Telesco is not to blame for the Chargers struggles, I can't go there. Um, I will go offside because ultimately he did pick the coach. Offside. Now, last one, despite back-to-back seasons with drama around star players like Ben Simmons and James Harden, the Sixers have given GM Daryl Morey an extension through 2028. Onside, offside, Daryl Morey is a vastly overrated general manager. Oh, you're speaking my love language, onsides. I think that ever since Daryl Morey celebrated losing to the Warriors when he was the GM of the Rockets and tried to justify him losing and how they beat the Warriors more in series, even though they don't win the series, just how many games in the series than any other team in the NBA, I was out on Daryl Morey. And I get it, right? He's well-respected. He's an analytically driven guy. But this dude, I just don't trust him to build a championship winner. That's the problem. All righty. This is Zach Gelb show on CBS Sports Radio. So onsides, Daryl Morey is a vastly overrated GM. Fun show today. Big thanks to each and every one of you for listening and participating with the show. Also like to thank Joe Thomas for joining us. Lorenzo Neal, Ryan Horvat as well. Big thanks to Stu. Big thanks to Mike. I'll be on Eye on Football Sunday starting at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific for eight hours. Take you around the NFL and the uh, entire league. And then we'll be back on Monday at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific. Have a great weekend, everybody. We out. Bye-bye. Peace. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See t